Welcome into the J.P. Shadrick Podcast. Today is Thursday, January 18th. The Jags are headed to Foxborough this Sunday to face the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Today, a preview of this week's game. We'll get into the Jags locker room and press conference podium for some more thoughts on what it takes to knock off the Patriots. Plus, the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi, breaks down the Pats' offense this year around Brady and what makes the greatest quarterback of all time tick at the age of 40. Let's get to it. The Jags enter this week as the underdog heading to New England. Vegas has the Patriots as nine-point favorites. This Jags team was the underdog last week on the road in Pittsburgh, and a number of times throughout the season they've played well in that role. And for head coach Doug Marone, playing this role this week is nothing new. When you're playing against New England, who, who hasn't been an underdog? I mean, I, it doesn't I mean everybody should. I mean, they're, they're the team you have to beat. The Patriots are playing in their seventh consecutive AFC Championship game, an NFL record streak of appearances. They've won five Super Bowls since the turn of the century with the same coach and quarterback leading the way. For Marone, there aren't many franchises in any sport with a better run. This team outside of the New York Yankees, you know, is probably the best, you know, dynasty that, that you've seen. I mean, they, they're an outstanding football team. Doug Marone, a noted Yankees fan, of course. It's a love fest this week. Both head coaches spilling compliments about the other team, including Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, who said that the Jags do everything well. This week in Foxborough, he was asked quite a bit about the postseason experience difference between the Pats and Jaguars. On Wednesday, Belichick said that postseason experience does not matter this week and then was pressed a little more as to why he thinks that way. Because we're talking about how the the teams are going to compete on Sunday. That's what's going to determine the winner in that competition. It's what happened Sunday, not what happened last year, two years ago, five years ago, or 15 years, or whatever, it's 1996, whatever it is. I mean, those games don't make any difference. A good, solid Belichick-type answer there. And guess what? Belichick's right. This Jags team doesn't care what happened in the AFC title game after the 96 season. They were all in grade school, if that This Jags team knows what's out there this week, and there's no intimidation at all. They feel like they can match up with anyone, including Brady and the Patriots. Now to the Jaguars players this week, starting with Calais Campbell. He came to the Jags in free agency after nine years with the Arizona Cardinals, and Wednesday he was named the Defensive Player of the Year by the Pro Football Writers of America, the first player of the year for either side of the ball in Jaguars history. And he's done it at 31 years of age, his 10th year in the NFL. You know, it's a true honor, you know, uh, to get any kind of accolade, especially one as uh, prestigious as that. You know, it's definitely a true honor, you know, and uh, just as a testament to hard work, you know, hard work has paid off, you know, consistently in my life, you know, and uh, just this team, you know, uh, I mean, for us to be able to be here where we're at right now, you know, it's just it's because we've put the work in and uh, just, you know, sacrificed a lot, you know, to be where we're at, you know, and um, I say, you know, being 30, you know, 31, you know, uh, out here trying to play my best ball, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I grind, you know, I mean, I take care of my body, you know, I spend a lot of hours outside of this building, you know, doing stuff to take care of my body so I can be on the football field on Sunday and play my best. One of the big questions for the Jags defense this week is how to cover all pro tight end Rob Gronkowski. He can wreak havoc if allowed to run free, and most of the time, even when he's covered. Do the Jags use Jalen Ramsey on him, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack maybe, a combination of two other guys? Well, Doug Marone said this week maybe they wouldn't even throw it to him or he'd drop it. Miles Jack agrees, but knows there's a confidence among this group guarding Gronk. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool if they if they didn't throw it to their number one target. But um, yeah, we we just gotta have a real focus week this week. Um, it's definitely a challenge. Gronk is 
Um, Gronk is Gronk, you know what I mean? He's 6'8", he's, he's hard to cover. Um, it, he is what he is, but um, we have the guys capable to, to give him a challenge. I mean, you can't stop a guy like that, but but for the most part, I feel like we have guys that, that can match up for him, give him a challenge, you know, try to make Brady make a difficult pass, try to make it a difficult catch, things like that. So I think that's the thing we focus on mostly. That's a big story of the game this week, a Jaguars defense that some would consider confident, others consider brash well they're going against one of the best execution offenses in the league that's certainly something huge to watch this sunday here's the weekly blake bortles taking heat segment bortles answers some critics with last week's performance in pittsburgh of course and as usual he's downplaying all of it but this week he was asked about his teammates response to some of those critics and the quarterback loves it. That type of stuff for me uh, is big, you know, because you know I don't care much, I guess, about what is said outside of our lot. You know, what I care about is in that locker room, and, and and those are the opinions I care about. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, um, when other people say stuff, or when it comes from anywhere, you know, it doesn't bother me. But to see, uh, you know, guys within that locker room stand up for me and say stuff um, it is pretty cool because those are the opinions that I that I value and the guys, um, you know, that I want to impress and do well for. So I think anytime you get, you know, a guy like that um, you know to stand up is awesome and you know I do the same thing for him in a heartbeat. Now to a guy who's also been in the spotlight this week that's rookie running back Leonard Fournette. He scored three touchdowns last week in Pittsburgh battled through a re-aggravation of his ankle issue. He was involved in a fender bender on the Tuesday off day where he signed the bumper off his car and gave it to a Department of Transportation worker on the scene. Oh, and his birthday was this week, too. Pretty cool stuff. Sounds like Leonard is good to go this week in Foxborough, and on Thursday he was even joking about the car accident situation. No, I was good. I mean, I had my seatbelt on, so uh, <laughs> I wasn't really worried. But uh, it was so crazy because the lady uh, and the in-laws were like Pittsburgh fans. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's about the only thing, but this uh, – just making sure everybody was all right. You know, everybody was in uh, great health. And uh got to wait to get my car at the shop now. Did he ask for the bumper? Yeah, he did. It was, it was crazy because, uh, you know, I wasn't really worried about it. The bumper was on the ground, you know, and uh, I was in a car waiting for the police to come. And he just came out and like, man, can you sign this for me? I'm like, you want me to sign a bumper? You know what I mean? And he was like, yeah. And like, well, whatever, it's cool. First bumper you've ever signed, I assume? Yeah, first, first and uh Hopefully the last. <laughs> now a closer look at the New England Patriots with the radio voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi. After some early struggles this season, of course, the Pats got rolling, and they rolled to the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. It's old hat for you guys, seven consecutive AFC championship games, but it's the third ever for the Jacksonville Jaguars, first since 1999. What's up, Bob? Hey, JP. Uh, it is old hat uh, for the Patriots, as you say, but... Uh, certainly uh, those around here don't take it for granted, at least uh, in the Patriots' locker room. And uh, head coach Bill Belichick uh, has certainly made it clear this is a new year, new game, obviously, going up against Jacksonville and the way the Jaguars are playing after a very impressive win at Pittsburgh. I'm lucky enough that I hopped on this train when it was rolling right along. This is year number five for me, so fifth straight against the championship. And, uh, you know, hopefully I don't take it for granted, that's for sure. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of January football up in New England. The Jags fairly new to it. Uh, you know, who would have thought this in August when the Jags practiced in New England, right? Yeah, you know, but I'll tell you, Talking to some of the Patriots players yesterday and uh, hearing what they had to say about the joint practices, you get a sense that they were very impressed. And they said as much. They were very impressed, and they have noted that they saw changes in the way Jacksonville approached things. Of course, some of the players on the Jags had been here in 2015. 
in that early season were out of the hands of the Patriots. So there were guys that had come back, but also in conversations with Jaguar players. I know Deron Harmon, Patriots safety and team captain, said that at the podium on Monday in Foxborough that you know, they told him that uh, Doug Marone was driving them hard, that the culture was changing, and they were very optimistic. And I think back to some words that Malik Jackson had, if not mistaken, in the offseason last year when he said this, this Jacksonville team could go to the uh, Super Bowl, and who believed him back then. But uh, here are the Jags, and, and they've played exceptionally well defensively. They create a lot of mistakes and apply a lot of pressure. And of course, they're led by Doug Marone, Bill Parcells' disciple, but also here we know that Tom Coughlin is there. And we all know what Tom Coughlin's Giants teams did against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Bob Sosie with us, the voice of the New England Patriots. Tom Brady this year threw, gasp, eight interceptions. That seems high for Tom. What's going on with Brady? Well, especially after only two last year. I think a number of things took place, J.P. They had an offense that even at the outset of the season changed a bit, became more vertical than in the past offense. And without Julian Edelman initially, and really through all 16 games of the regular season, his absence was felt. But you didn't have Brady's go-to guy, the stick mover, and the offense changed quite a bit. As the season went along, however, they got their rhythm. Uh, really, they were very efficient in the early to middle part of the campaign, but then some injuries occurred. Rex Burkhead, James White, taken out of the lineup at running back for the most part last quarter of the season. Chris Hogan missed seven of the last eight games, and even in the game in which he played, he was not effective in Miami because of a shoulder injury. And suddenly, the offense became even more vertical. Danny Amendola, who had a huge impact last week in the divisional round against the Tennessee Titans, not as consistent a producer in terms of pass receptions down the stretch. Rob Gronkowski was, but he leaned so heavily on Gronk. And with Brandon Cooks, you know, now forced to be a different type of receiver. He wasn't as effective as early in the year. So the offense changed quite a bit. Uh, Brady, all season long, held onto the ball more than in the past. Again, throwing the ball deeper downfield. It seemed to be uh, an approach they wanted to take when they went out and got Cooks in the offseason when they acquired Philip Dorsett just before the regular season began in a trade with Indianapolis. Uh, but I don't think they intended to be as vertical as they were forced to become down the stretch. But they managed to pull out some uh, you know, uh, narrow wins, including uh, the victory at Pittsburgh, to put themselves in good stead, gave themselves the bye, got a chance to get some people back, White in the lineup, Hogan in the lineup for the divisional round, and there's a good chance that Burkhead will be back this weekend as well. For Brady, he's got five rings. Um, he's been at the top of the mountain in the NFL for a long time, still is. He's 40 years old. What's driving him now? Is it to, to keep building the legacy? Is it just a win? What's the end game for Tom, or does he really even go there? Well, you know, it's interesting because that's a topic of discussion all the time around here, especially in the wake of uh, some of what was written uh, within the last couple of weeks and said about Tom Brady and the dynamics in Foxborough. And I think it's important to note when you talk about his interception total and people discuss his age around here, and now that Jimmy Garoppolo is in San Francisco, you know, the lack of a clear heir apparent in Foxborough, that he's still playing at an incredibly high level. He is still uh, a prohibitive favorite, I think, or at least certainly a leading candidate uh, for MVP in 2017. Certainly Todd Gurley is going to garner a lot of uh, support, I would think, for that award. But when you look at Brady overall, he's playing 
still much younger than age 40 would suggest. And I think what drives him in part is what's always driven him. He loves the game of football. He has this uh, insatiable appetite uh, and desire to prove that, you know, he was the 199th pick errantly and that, uh, you know, a lot of teams made a mistake, that's for sure. And I think he's always had that chip on his shoulder. But now beyond that, he's kind of created this second career uh, concurrent with his playing career, the TB12 method. There's a book, uh, there's a Facebook documentary with that. And it's about him more or less trying to outrun Father Time as an athlete. And I think, you know, he's driven to play into his mid-40s. I think, you know, mainly because he still loves to play. He's still playing at an incredibly high level. But the offshoot of it is is that, you know, people want to know, how does he do it? And he's had this impact on other athletes. Uh, it's been written about in Sports Illustrated in, in, in recent months. that the Other athletes have consulted Tom Brady, people from international circles in their older years, wanting to know what, you know, what's the secret? How did he find the proverbial fountain of youth? And uh, I think that drives Brady, too. Bob Sosi with us, the voice of the New England Patriots. This uh, Patriots defense, you know, they're not filled with superstar names. There's a couple of names you probably know in the secondary if you're outside of New England. Other than that, they're uh, names that you don't really pop off the page at you, but they, they're playing pretty good football, especially down the stretch. The pass rush started to get going in New England. It was kind of a question mark in training camp. We remember that, but... This defense, uh, they've they've held to opponents to 17 or less points 10 times this year, and that's more than yeah. enough for the Patriots to do damage. Well, the Patriots have generally had a bend-but-don't-break defense, and earlier this year they were breaking a lot. First quarter of the season and back end, especially a lot of communication breakdowns. Uh, they were thinned in the linebacking core and up front, but they've developed some young guys who've become pretty good players on the defensive line, Dietrich Wise along with Adam Butler, a couple of the young people who played extensively in that first preseason game against the Jaguars. But you still look at the collection of guys who played the last couple of weeks of the season in the front seven, including a player like Eric Lee signed off the Bills practice squad, or Marquise Flowers, primarily a special teamer in Cincinnati. And my partner, Scott Zolak, remarked that when you looked at the front seven, for example, in the regular season finale, it looked like that was a group that should have been playing in the preseason finale. But Matt Patricia has done a tremendous job as the defensive coordinator, he and his staff, of you know, being very resourceful, getting these guys that are out there and available to them to do what they do well and avoiding their weaknesses. And the one thing that's been a constant throughout the Belichick's tenure here with that bend-but-don't-break style is that the Patriots have been a good red zone defense, and they've been especially stingy in the red zone, really from the midpoint of the season on. In fact, probably back to week five or six, of this year, where they've been very, very difficult to score on, as you alluded to. They're just very fundamentally sound. They can mix things up periodically. Uh, they do get to the quarterback, not in terms of frequency, but I think in terms of uh, being opportunistic. And uh, we saw them with James Harrison, acquired from the Pittsburgh Steelers, go out and get a guy that I think has helped them already immensely. Strong player who sets the edge, can get up after the quarterback, but more than that, really, I think, aids their run defense. They got gashed a lot this year in the run game, averaging better than four and a half yards per carry during the regular season. But they did a terrific job against Derrick Henry, and we both know they're going to have their work cut out for them on Sunday versus Leonard Fournette. Bob Sosie with us, voice of the New England Patriots. You mentioned Patricia. Now I'm going to mention McDaniels as well. Both of those <laughs> names rumored to be 
headed for head coaching positions in the league. This is nothing new for New England. They lose coordinators and assistants to other staffs. It happens quite a bit up there, but is there any kind of distraction that can come with that, or is this such a locked-in group under Belichick that, hey, it's it's just business at hand, and, and does that make a, a difference in this week? Absolutely. You know, I think the, the effect is more beyond 2017-18, past this postseason. They've shown a tremendous capacity throughout my tenure here to compartmentalize any potential distractions and avoid them altogether. You know, Belichick has set that tone, focus in the moment. And as you mentioned, they've gone through it. Uh, it was more than a decade ago when both Charlie Weiss and Romeo Crennel, uh, as coordinators, embraced on the sideline after the Super Bowl win and then went their separate ways from the team uh, to their own head coaching opportunities. And in the case of McDaniels and Patricia, they've been through it in the past where they've interviewed for jobs. Matt did last year. Josh certainly has done it uh, a number of times in recent years. In this case now, they are reportedly close to signing deals, or at least uh, you know, as soon as uh, they're able to put their names on a contract, they'll have that opportunity. Uh, but again, it's nothing new for them. And in the Patriots' uh, way of doing things, whatever the potential distraction has been, it's just remarkable to me how focused they are. And I think it starts not only with Belichick, Brady, too. You ask me what drives him. This guy, when he is driven towards something, he's got blinders on, a remarkably sharp focus, that's for sure. Our thanks to Bob Sosi for his time earlier this week. Now coming up, a busy week ahead. Thursday night, the Doug Marone Show at 6 p.m. on the Jaguars Radio Network. Jaguars Thursday follows at 7 on 1010XL Radio. Both shows on Jaguars.com, the Jags app, and Jags social media. Friday morning, Jags drive time on TuneIn Radio. And then Sunday, it's game day. The Public's Tailgate Show at noon. Countdown to kick off at 2 o'clock on 1010XL Radio in Jacksonville. Both shows available on Jaguars.com, the Jags app, and Jags social media. And then finally, kickoff of the AFC Championship game. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the New England Patriots. They'll tee it up at 3.05 at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. It's the third appearance ever for the Jags in the AFC title game. The seventh consecutive appearance for the Patriots. Our thanks to Bob Sosi and Jags manager of Radio Joe Fortunato. We'll catch you next time on the J.P. Shadrick Podcast.